freight efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. Here in episode 84, we have joining us Rachel Allenberger. She's owner of Green Seed Collective and NACFI's manager of industry engagement, where we talk about her early work with Clean Fuels Ohio and how she went from politics to trucking. <laughs> she also shares what it is like to be a young woman in the industry, the benefits of having a diverse set of people working on industry issues, and suggests we remind ourselves that even though it can feel like we are solving the hardest puzzle, we also have the smartest people working on it. Today we have joining us Rachel Ellenberger. This is going to be a real treat. She's an industry consultant. Uh, she started up Green Seed Collective, and she works on technologies and, in fact, um, helps NACFI as a contractor as our manager of industry engagement. Excited to have you on today, Rachel. Uh, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why I'm uh, looking forward to this chat. Uh, you know, we in, we titled this podcast series years ago, Freight Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. And it's always a, a highlight for me to uh, be reminded or help help uh, remember how we came friends. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you remember? Yeah, Do you remember how it happened or when we first met? Yeah, I think that we must have met uh, when I was working with the Clean Cities Coalition here in Ohio uh, back in 2019. They uh, used to host a, a big regional conference uh, called the Midwest Green Transportation uh, Expo and Summit. And um, I had a hand in planning that. And I, I think that, that NACFI had worked with us there and Sam, my old uh, executive director, my, my old supervisor and, and mentor, Sam Spaforth, who's now at the DOE, um, he had always recommended uh, whenever we were working on projects after the, the expo, um, he was always like, you know, make sure that NACFI is involved, send things over to NACFI. And so I think that through that, um, we just got well acquainted and we, you know, we were able to tap NACFI for expertise and to show up to shows and yeah. And that's kind of how we, how we got started. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I do remember, um, and you know, I'm a, I'm a Buckeye born mm -hmm. around Dayton, Ohio, went to Ohio state. Um, you are as well, right? Yeah. So I, I graduated from Ohio state. I'm actually I'm from, uh, Ohio, but I am originally from Northeast Ohio around the Akron Canton area. I came down to Columbus for school. And after I graduated, I kind of, uh, had an iron grip on the city and I, much to my parents' chagrin, refused to go home, uh, and have been, been here ever since. So yeah, so I am based, uh, here in Columbus. <laughs> well, tell your parents that, uh, you know, some people go farther away than uh, what you did. From right, exactly. You know, a two minute uh, drive down the road is, is not all that bad or two hour drive down the road. is not all that bad. Yeah. So let's talk about it. It's, it um, well, well, let's talk about the Clean Cities program yeah. a bit, um, because, uh, you know, I've always been intrigued by it. It's a real boots on the ground piece. But um, mm -hmm. well, start with Clean Clean Fuels Ohio is that is that the the name um, and 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 tell us about your time there and uh, what 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 uh, they do in Ohio. Yes, so Clean Fuels Ohio is the name of the uh, the official 
um, U.S. Department of Energy designated Clean Cities Coalition in the state of Ohio. So it's part of the larger Clean Cities program. And what that is, um, there are it's it's a national program. It's run by the, the Department of Energy. There are about 75 coalitions all across the country. Um, some states have multiple coalitions. Some states like Ohio have one. Um, and uh, only a few states don't have any, but um, they are, it's, it's a really good group of experts, advocates, people who are actually in the communities. Like you said, this is boots on the ground is a perfect way to describe it um, because they provide a really good line of direct communication to fleets. Um, and so a lot of clean cities, uh, they work on, um, assisting with funding. They're, they're fuel and technology inclusive, so they work on the, the wide variety, the wide suite of options for fleet efficiency. Um, they uh, help identify and understand funding. They do uh, coalition building. Some of them participate in um, state and local policy in the area, and they just do a really good job of connecting the dots between the fleets, the folks who are actually implementing the regulations and the funding that are put out by uh, the policymakers, and then they can also speak the language of the policymakers. So they, they, like I said, they provide that that line of direct communication in a, in a really uh, pointed, really effective manner. So it's really a, a, a local sort of regional um, program and aspect. And that, that's important. I mean, you know, because like you get into Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, uh, yeah. you know, biofuels and ethanol and, and uh, some of those have been historically, you know, good because you have a lot of corn and soybeans. And then other places where maybe you have hydroelectricity, there's a more focus on, um, electric so uh i imagine the the um the efforts are different across um all these different clean cities they are absolutely and i think that's why it's so important that um there are regional presence it's these are folks who who understand regional and local presence i should say these are folks who understand the needs of the community they understand they have their finger on the pulse of um, the the opinions, the politics, the relationships, the um, the history, and I think that that makes the rollout and deployment of alternative fuel solutions for vehicles um, so much more impactful than having really a prescriptive approach. Um, you know, taking uh, what one might understand as an appropriate measure for a community that they might not necessarily have firsthand experience in. This is a really good uh, solution to that kind of one size fits all uh, right. pipe dream. Right. And you mentioned history. I mean, uh, just last year or just this year, um, Clean Cities celebrated its 30 year anniversary. I mean, that's mm -hmm. uh, most of your lifetime. Right? Yeah, that's right. So that's uh, that's a long that's a long time. Um, and uh, so, you know, it kind of reminds me when I think about that, 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 that we've been working on alternatives for for decades, you know, uh, and. Probably some of that group, if they've been around it for most of that 30 years or a little mm -hmm. bit like, uh, wow, why is it taking so long for some of these to, to scale a bit? Um, and uh, I don't know now, you know, NACV, we've studied the messy middle. We, th we think a lot of these um, alternatives uh, are, are, you know, are going to happen now and start to really replace diesel in a lot of areas. What, what's the sentiment you, you've uh, you've been involved in with other 
clean cities groups around the country. Mm -hmm. What's the sentiment out there for kind of what I just said? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I feel so spoiled being uh, having joined the industry when I did. You know, I joined um, Cleanfields Ohio, where I really really dove into the uh, transportation industry, let alone the um, the green transportation industry in 2019. And I that that was when um, there were definitely some activity in Ohio, you know, there were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of biodiesel activity, a lot of um, propane auto gas, you know, efficiency technology has always been uh, on the board and natural gas activity, but that's when electrification really started taking off in Ohio specifically. And I just feel so spoiled that I was able to come into this industry and say, wow, look at look at everything that's happening and being working alongside folks who have been in this industry for as long as they have been, who I can only imagine feel uh, so much relief that, you know, this it's, it truly is like pushing a boulder up a hill and now we're kind of seeing that crest. And so, um, yeah, I mean, 30 years, it was great. I was at the celebration. They, they uh, hosted a celebration at uh, the Energy Independence Summit in February earlier this year in DC, which was great. And it was really great to see, just feel the energy of the accomplishment of having so many folks who have been in this industry who have kind of fought that good fight for as long as they have. And it provides a lot of um, really inspiration, I think, for folks like me who, you know, I've, I've been in this industry for almost five years now. Um, and it's, it's great to see what they were able to accomplish, you know, keeping their, their nose to the grindstone and working together to get this stuff done. That's a really interesting, interesting perspective of, uh, you know, you, you talking about, entering this industry. I mean, you know, I, I've been at it a long time. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, you can, you know, as, as change occurs, and we've had a lot of change in trucking, you know, to get to, uh, you know, near zero NOx in particulate matter has been a, um, you know, a labor of love for the industry. I'm not sure everybody would agree completely with exactly how I coined that, but, um, <laughs> you know, we've had a lot of change, you know, and I, I, I remember blogging on the 50th, um, Earth Day a few years ago, and just doing a retrospective on 50 years of trucking, and I was like, "Oh my God, what? You know, some significant changes." But whenever you enter, uh, you know, a career or an effort or, or uh, an industry, um, you know, you, you don't really care a whole lot about where it's come from. You're yeah. kind of going. So we'll get back to that in a minute. But I don't want to jump over your, your, you know, looking back at your, uh, your, your past and your career. Mm -hmm. I mean, what? What, uh, what what drove you with, um, you know, your selection of major in college to mm -hmm. the work you're doing today? I mean, what tell us a little bit about uh, about Rachel Ellenberger that uh, maybe we don't know and uh, <laughs> uh, how that's, uh, you know, prepared you for what you're doing now. Yeah, definitely. So so oddly enough, you know, like you said, I, I'm uh, I'm a nonprofit consultant and I work uh, in in green technology for transportation. And somehow, you know, I have uh, I have a degree from political or of of political science from Ohio State. And um, so how I managed to do that and get here sometimes still surprises me. But, um, you know, I, I came into school when I started school, I was undecided and I was really into international affairs, kind of getting out of uh, the bubble that I had grown up in, coming to uh, Columbus to kind of 
get to experience uh, a, a little bit of a bigger city. And I was really interested in kind of broadening my worldview. So I decided to pursue a degree in political science. I specialize in international relations. And then I have minors in business and security and intelligence, actually. Um, and so I worked in uh, politics for gosh, maybe a year or two out of school. And I, I have a, a, a love for um, working in that in that space. I think that there it's an art and a science, the the relationships um, that are that are driven that you know, really get things done at a, in my experience, local and state level because that's where I'd worked. Um, but I kind of I felt like I was missing something. I really felt like I was missing, the drawback to nonprofits. Um, I had volunteered and uh, worked with nonprofits all through high school and into college. And I really felt like I was drawn back to the nonprofit industry. So after I decided to make that career shift, I was sending out applications and uh, trying to see where I could get my foot in the door. Clean Fuels Ohio scooped me up. I think that the entire hire process was, was within two weeks and it was great. I was like, oh, what is this? You know, this is a, uh, this is an environmental organization, but it also works on transportation. This is a section of, of an industry that I, I guess I hadn't really considered. Right. And so I remember when I was preparing for my interview with, um, Andrew Conley, who now works over at HNTB, I was furiously Googling what a fleet was. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was trying to figure out what are the buzzwords? What do I need to say? You know, how can I present myself to make up for my lack of expertise? And the team that I worked with at Cleanfields Ohio was so just understanding because I don't think really anybody on that team originally came from a background in transportation specifically, but we just managed to put together this fabulous team who supported each other in growing their expertise and growing their knowledge. Um, and I really, from there and getting involved in the clean cities coalitions, um, getting involved with them in kind of a, a national way, I just, it really increased my love for uh, the industry, because it gives me the opportunity to learn something new all the time. I get to work with fabulous industry experts who know so much more than I could ever hope to. And they're just great reservoirs of knowledge for me. Um, and then it's also, it's the, it pairs that great challenge and the satisfaction that I get from working with nonprofits as well, because nonprofits operate in such an interesting corner of the industry. Mm -hmm between mm -hmm. policy and end users and um, private companies that it really, it is just a really satisfying work environment for me. Yeah, it's a really interesting. Your story about, uh, you know, wanting to and not knowing a lot about trucking and freight is, is not uncommon at all. I mean, yeah. you know, 70% of our goods, maybe like, you know, are moved by truck and, and really everything kind of gets moved, you know, it seems like by everything I'm finding my house and stores and everything seems to be moved by trucks, but yeah, we don't really see it and understand it a, a whole lot. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us about your time at NACFI. What are you doing here? I, I, uh, you know, you, you, the boot the run on less electric depot boot camp was sort of your baby this year i mean yeah um just uh, uh you know a few minutes on how that how that's going for you and how that fits yeah. in what you want to what you want to accomplish 
Absolutely. No. And I, I, you know, I've said this uh, privately and, and, and also happy to reiterate on the podcast. Yeah, I, I really enjoy my work with, with NACFI. I think it, it was great to be tangentially um, kind of aware and involved in what y'all were up to before uh, I left Cleanfield, Ohio. And now that I'm able to be a part of the team to get to know everybody, NACFI has such an interesting cross-section of folks throughout the industry who they themselves are such a wealth of knowledge that it, it, it truly is so much fun getting to work with folks and um, just uh, listening to their takes on things and they're getting to, to learn from their experiences in the industry. It's been great. Um, so like you had mentioned, I had uh, worked on NACFI's Run on Less Electric Depot boot camp this year, which was super fun. I mean, I got to meet so many experts throughout the industry, um, getting to organize uh, what I think is a really impactful program for the industry, um, getting to organize the, the experts, getting to put together the panels along with the moderators and kind of help figure out with the moderators what the best way to glean the most information in the limited amount of time that we had was it was great. And I think beyond uh, doing the boot camps, you know, I'm really excited this coming year to um, just also help with the, the spread of the knowledge that we've received from the Run on Less Electric Depot boot camps uh, and the run itself. Really excited about uh, the, the post-run reporting that we've got planned. Um, really excited to do some travel to some events with, with NACFI, um, helping out with the reports, um, and just getting the industry engaged with, with NACFI. I think um, providing that, that knowledge support for NACFI is really essential in what we do. And so um, getting the industry more engaged with our experts so that we can provide the best content that we can to the people who need it, I think is, is really energizing and really excited about that this yeah, year. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. I'm, ex mm -hmm. I'm excited on all those fronts too. Mm -hmm. Hey, I do want to, I do want to ask you a few questions about, uh, being a young professional woman in this industry, this, uh, mm -hmm. trucking and freight industry. Um, and, you know, your comments earlier really struck me in that, you know, you, you came into it at a certain time not too long ago. So, you know, I came into it in the mid 80s mm -hmm. uh, where the, the industry was was quite different. A lot of aspects, um, including that, you know, it was sort of a, a, a men's world. You know, I would look mm -hmm. around meetings. Well, when I was your age um, going to meetings and so forth, it was a lot of a lot of older white men. And mm -hmm. what's been really satisfying, exciting for me as we went and did the run on less uh, depot interviews out at the sites, uh, you know, uh, I think it was 60 of the 122 people we interviewed on camera were either women or people of color. Mm -hmm. And um, that struck me as really cool. Recently, um, Denise and I went to Accelerate Conference in uh uh, in Dallas, which is the women in trucking organizations. It was just so very exciting to have just like, you know, dawn to dusk or much later discussions with women rocking it in the industry. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I think you've benefited from some other women probably, um, you know, breaking the, you know, some of the barriers here, but, mm -hmm. um, um, you know, in your short time, what's that feel like to you? Um, anything I say resonate, um, and just describe, uh, your experiences um, uh, as a, as a as a young woman in our industry. Yeah, absolutely. 
I I would agree. I think um, you know it's it's pretty clear from from the get go uh, the the history of the industry and and how it has started to evolve. Um, I think that uh, I I would agree. I think that this feels significant in that you know I am now able to I should say you know when I walk into meetings there is still a chance that I am still the only woman in in the room and that that's just kind of how it goes but at the same time I think that there are like you said a number of women who have paved the way to make my presence in a meeting less shocking. Um, and I get to, uh, I get to benefit from uh, them kind of uh, standing their ground and kind of pushing their elbows out and saying, I deserve a spot at this table. And what's also really energizing is the influx of young women to this industry as well, or women who are, who are changing their careers midway through their career and then coming to this industry for the first time. I think that the aspect of green technologies and how it is causing uh, an, an influx of women to this industry is a really interesting, really exciting um, uh, kind of approach to things. And so, yeah, I think, I think, like I said, on the one hand, I benefit a lot from the work that has already been done. And I also get to see what is coming down the pike in the future with, uh, the, the influx of women of all ages, but specifically young women to this industry as well. Yeah. And, and, and new cool technologies to work on. I think that's, um, uh, you know, an attraction. Uh, yeah. I, I've asked this question recently. We had Marie from SMUD, the utility in Sacramento on, and she made a pretty late career change or mid career change into utilities. And she's like really excited to now working on, uh, you know, the, the nexus of transportation and electricity. So, um, yeah. you, you, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. I, and I think we're also seeing where, um, or I'm seeing, I'll admit myself, where, um, you know, women are bringing a different dynamic uh, yes. to to some of these discussions and and um, how how great that is. Um, uh, so you feel you feel welcomed? Yes, I, I think so. I, I feel welcomed. And I think that exactly like you said, there is a different perspective that is brought when you have different people at the table. And I think that that cannot be underscored enough and that every industry really benefits from encouraging and actively seeking out opportunities to have a diverse set of folks at the table. Because, you know, even if everybody has the same, let's say education, the same experience level, the lived experience is going to bring a different perspective. And so they're making sure that there are a diverse set of voices at the table, whether it's in brainstorming or decision-making or testing or whatever the case may be, can truly never be a bad thing. Yeah. So um, let's go get it done. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting. <laughs> Our team, um, you know, th this podcast is being listened to by, I'm sure, a lot of people. So, um you know, hey, everybody uh, listening, uh, Rachel's on our industry engagement team. So give her a call. She'd be happy to chat with you or meet with you at some of these events you mentioned earlier. Um, do you 
feel that we're in a transformation in trucking and freight uh, with electrification and and uh, you know other sustainability pieces, um, even even automation and those sort of things. Uh, you know, I, I like to ask this question because I, I always want to step back. You know, the times we're in always seem tough and challenging and hard, but sometimes it's, you know, slight changes, but it just feels big. Mm-hmm. Um, and other, but other times, um, you know, there, you know, and sort of history will explain this, right? So 30 years from now, when we look back at the early 2020s, we'll, we'll either say, yeah, that wasn't as big a change as we thought it was, mm-hmm. or we'll look back and go, oh my goodness, I, I think about, like when the highway system was built and then deregulation yeah. of trucking and, um, you know, the, the, the Knox and particulate matter era. I mean, there's, there's eras in trucking that we look back on and said, well, that, that was a big change. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your sense about this change with uh, primarily, you know, battery electric trucks, hydrogen, some of that work. Is it yeah. as big as sometimes we make it out to be, or, or we make it out to be more than it should be? I'll tell you what, I think it is as big as we make it out to be, if not a little bit bigger. And I think that what's unique about our situation is just how common sustainability is because it's at the top. I should say how common the thought of sustainability is among everybody right now, right? The, the thought about emissions reductions, the thought about um, uh, about efficiency, the excitement about new technologies. You know, we have a really interesting um, area right now where, area in the industry right now where we're at the intersection of sustainability, really cool technologies. Um, and you have people who are outside of the industry who, because of all those factors, are now engaged with with uh with trucking and with freight right you know people get who are just excited about cool technologies then get to see how that applies to goods movement people who are just excited about sustainability cannot talk about sustainability without talking about transportation and so i think that um because we are now engaging in a a a population a demographic that does not just do this stuff all day every day that is what puts us in a unique position to uh, have this be as big, if not bigger, than we originally anticipated. Yeah, yeah. So, last question. I hope mm-hmm. this isn't too too hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, well, so what's your what's your like single piece of advice for all of us as we go through this, or or maybe asking it a little differently? When when you're personally feeling overwhelmed and you wake yeah. up in the morning and look at the mirror and say, Rachel, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> what do you say to yourself to uh, you know what wh- what's the you know like the single advice to yourself um, to 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 make this happen, particularly on days where this transformation looks really big and hard. Yeah. I think I always just remind myself of that, that we're not in this alone, that there is uh, a, I always describe why I like working in this industry as it feels like you're working on the world's hardest puzzle, but with the world's smartest people. And so it's just on the days when you feel like this is just way too tough of a challenge, remembering that other people are having really good days where they're really energized to take on this challenge. And it's just a matter of getting out there, meeting those folks, sharing the ideas, um, having accessible information and education on this. That is what is going to drive us forward. 
Well, that's that's really sound advice. Uh, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. Um, it's been interesting and um, and fun talking to you. Thank, thanks for being on. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Freight Efficiency with Knackfee's Mike Roth and Friends.